Hey y'all, welcome to episode 12 of Adorn Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Trinity, what it is, what it's not, and why it matters to our everyday life. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So before we get started, we just want to let you know kind of what we're doing here. So we're starting out a new series all about who God is. I was listening to another podcast um, the other day by R.C. Sproul, and he was asked, what do you think is the most important thing for Christians today um, for them? What do they need to know and what do they need to understand? And his answer was that they need to know who God is. He was talking about people who are already Christians, and he was saying what they need to know is who God is. So that really kind of stirred in our hearts to launch this series of different um, just ways to get to know God and his attributes. And we wanted to kick that off with studying the Trinity, what we think is probably one of the most important um, aspects of our God. Absolutely. Before we get started, we just wanted to throw out there a reminder that we are not seminary trained. Um, we just love learning about the God that we serve. And um We have been digging into this doctrine, Mm -hmm. and we are learning right alongside you. So we're excited to um, dig into this together. Yes. Okay, so here's our podcast on the Holy Trinity. You ready? We can't really figure it out. (laughs) The end. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That's not the end. Um, But it's true. We have to remind ourselves that this is a huge, complex doctrine of... um, of the mystery of God and that we have to remind ourselves that this is not something that we're just all of a sudden going to be like, Oh, I fully get it. And that, um, that, that, that's a beautiful thing. Yes. That the mystery can be beautiful. Um, yeah. Like we talked about before, um, if we could understand everything about God, then he wouldn't be worthy of our praise and he wouldn't be God. Exactly. And so praise the Lord that we don't know everything about him. Yes, yes. But we are going to do our best um, after digging into studying it. Um, Casey and I have both been just pouring over books and the Bible and just everything we can to try to um, equip y'all with the most understanding that we could uh, give. And so we are going to do our best to lay that all out for you scripturally and then also with some other resources in case you um, hopefully will look into it a little deeper. So I thought we'd start with um, a little story of my Abby girl. Um, We were playing soccer. She was playing soccer over the summer. She and Harper. She and Harper? Her and Harper? I think that's right. Harper and her? Something. My grammar is not that great. Grammar is not my thing. (laughs) Anyways, they were playing soccer, which, mind you, was the cutest thing ever. They were three, which is very young. But I started when I was four, so we're carrying on the tradition. Um, And I was the coach, so I was out on the field with them. You know, you can imagine what it looks like for eight three-year-olds to be playing soccer. It's just kind of madness. Um, But she stopped in the middle of the game. She was running after the ball. She stops. She looks at me, and she goes, Mom, how do we breathe? And I was like, um, well, I don't really know how to explain that to you. I know that we breathe and you don't have to think about it. Just keep breathing and keep running. Go get the ball, baby. Go get the ball. You don't need to know right now how the physiology and the anatomy works for you to breathe. And I just thought that was kind of funny that the Lord brought that to mind when thinking about the Trinity is that she can keep breathing whether she knows how she's breathing or not. And she can 
love her life and she can love how easy it is for her to breathe without fully understanding exactly how it works. And that kind of God just kind of reminded me like, that's kind of how we have to view the Trinity. Like it's good for us to ask those questions and to dive deeper and to try to figure things out. But at the end of the day, um, we take what we know about God and we bring in faith that comes along with that. And then we keep running on mission that he has sent for us. Yeah. And that makes me think, um, whenever we defined theology, we used, um, St. Augustine's definition when he said faith seeking understanding. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's what we're doing here. We're just kind of diving into the Bible and diving into this doctrine with faith to seek the understanding of who God is. Mm -hmm. And as we get to know God more and more, um, that'll draw us closer to him and our love for him will grow. The book um, that we use with our kids, the theology book, says the more we learn about God, the clearer our picture of him will be. The more amazing he becomes to us and the more we love him. And that's real, really our prayer as we um, dive into the doctrine of the Trinity and just as we start this episode. So let's start with a definition of um, the Trinity. So We've pulled this definition from systematic theology because it's concise and we think it's just very clear. So it says, God eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each person is fully God and there is one God. So that sounds like, ah, mind blown. Like, what does (laughs) that mean? There's three (laughs) persons, but it's one God. So we're going to use the rest of this episode to kind of break down what it doesn't mean and what it does mean. And then also where we find it in scripture and then how it matters for our everyday life. So we're going to dive first into the Old Testament, which might sound weird because you're like, I feel like I've only read about this in the New Testament, but we see um, the concept of the Trinity all the way back to the very beginning. Um, it's even referenced in Genesis 1-2, but um, we're going to start with Genesis 1-26. Do you want to read it, Casey? Sure. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we don't necessarily see the word Trinity here, but we do see that concept all the way back to the beginning when we were being created. And I think it's important to note that that word that when it says, let us make man in our image cannot be twisted to seem like, you know, how kings would be like, oh, let them serve. Uh, You know, kings sometimes refer to Uh themselves in like uh, multiple. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they do. And um, that that original wording does not mean that at all. literally means there has to be more than one so let let us make man in our image so we keep see that concept all the way back to creation um if you want to look at a few more we'll give you some references in genesis genesis 3 22 genesis 11 7 um and then we see it in isaiah i like this one isaiah 6 8 it says and i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us Then I said, here I am, send me. So we see who will go for us. Um, I think that's just really cool to see all the way back in Isaiah. Yeah, um, I like this in Isaiah, Isaiah 48, 16. Draw near to me, hear this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it became to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. So I've done some digging into this because um, in um, 
Systematic Theology and Grudem's Systematic Theology, he talks about how this is kind of like a prophecy of Jesus mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of some varying um, opinions on that, as there are with a lot of verses in the Bible. But if it is um, supposed to be Jesus speaking in the future, this shows the Trinity mm-hmm. way back in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And that's just really cool to me that you can see all all three parts of the Trinity. Even if it's not referring to Jesus, you still see God the Father and um, the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think it's important for us to note, too, as far as seeing back in Old Testament. That's a new word. We're showing how we see that idea of... God being three in one in the different um, aspects of the Trinity. But I think it's also important for us to note that we also see that God is one. And we see yes, that over and absolutely. over again. Um, we see it in Deuteronomy when um, God is giving the Ten Commandments and that we see over and over again, the Lord your God is one, yes. the Lord your God is yes. one. And um, that's important for us to note too because we got two things going here. God yes. is three persons, but God is one. Yes. And so you you see both all the way in the Old Testament. And we'll expand on that a little bit more later, yeah. but absolutely, definitely keep that in mind as we're going through this. Another thing to think about, just talking about how you see... Um, this all the way back to the Old Testament is when you're reading scripture, look for the Trinity, look for all three parts of the Godhead as you're reading. And you'll be surprised like those verses in Genesis. I always just like read over them, Mm -hmm. not thinking anything about it until fairly recently. And so that's something you can definitely be watching for as you're reading through the Bible. Yep. yep. Um, But moving on to the New Testament, um, we, of course, see the Trinity quite a few places there. In 1 Peter 1, 2 through 3, it says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. So you see all three parts of the trinity there yep and all working together and for one purpose i love that we see it also in ephesians um i'm not going to read all this because it's a long passage but um if you have a second you can pause it now and go read it or you can <laughs> look into it after but ephesians 1 3 through 13 this is one of my favorite passages in the whole bible anyway but i think it's a beautiful picture it talks about how um God the Father, and it's all for his glory, and that Jesus was sent. And then at the end, in verse 13, it talks about how we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So all three parts, again, working together um, for our salvation. Yes. And then um, this is a verse that a lot of people know, that, and we've referenced it quite a few times in our other episodes, but Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and and of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's just a few verses for you in the New Testament. A couple of others, if you want to look it up on your own time, is um, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. Yep. So we thought... um and we found as trying to study this doctrine that sometimes it's easier to start with what the Trinity is not and then kind of breaking down what it is. Um, it's like we've mentioned over and over again. It's a very complicated doctrine. And so um, we thought we'd start with talking about what are some things that it's not. Um, first of all, there's no perfect analogy. There are some analogies that you may have heard of like um, – Water can be frozen, it can be water, it can be evaporated, and that's kind of like the Trinity. And there, those are helpful in some sense, but they're also not complete in understanding. What's another one that you've heard? The egg, like the shell and the yolk and the egg white. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the three parts of an egg, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that 
it's important to remember that it's okay to use these analogies, especially with kids, Mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, telling the kid, oh, you have to have faith and you'll never understand it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that is just so discouraging to them. And so using these analogies, it's okay. Um, We're not saying not to use them, but it's also important to understand that it's not exactly how it works. Like Mm -hmm. you'll never be able to find anything that's the exact perfect analogy for the Trinity. Right. That makes me think of, um, I've been reading and we'll use this as one of our resources, but I've been reading this book called De Trinitate by St. Augustine. It's a, it's actually a compilation of his 15 books on, um, on studying the Trinity. And he says, um, there is no analogy taken from the finite that will clear up the mystery of the infinite. And I think that's good for us just to, to keep in mind, like Casey said, they're good and they're helpful, but it can't really clear up the mystery. Um, exactly. So one thing that the Trinity is not is that it's not polytheism. And we kind of reference this when we're talking about those verses in the Old Testament, is that um, God was reminding them over and over again, the Lord your God is one. And I've been reading through the Old Testament, like we've mentioned before, we've been reading the Bible beginning to end. And one thing I've noticed is it says that a lot. It says the Lord, your God is one. The Lord, your God is one. And I'm like, I get it. Why, why does he keep saying that? Those Israelites needed to be reminded. Yes. And they were, um, in a time in a culture and facing different people who were very polytheistic, meaning they had lots of gods. And so we have to remember and kind of have that base idea that Christianity is monotheistic. There is one God in three persons. So Trinity, the Trinity or Trinitarianism is not polytheism. Right. Um, and they are also not one third God. Jesus is not one third God sharing the throne one third of the time. Like it's not breaking down into 33.3333 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is hard for our minds to wrap right. around because the math doesn't add up. But yeah. that's not how it works. They're right. awfully God. And then they're all distinct. Yeah. And so... Yeah, that's another thing that um, the Trinity is not. Yeah, and I think another thing, um, there are some differing beliefs on this one that I'm about to talk about, but um, there is this idea that maybe it's just one God, but he has different personalities or he has different faces or different masks, some people might say. Um, This was created way back, this idea, in the third century, and it's called modalism. Some people call it modalism. Um, And some people believe that that's true, that it's one God and three personalities almost. Um, But we we don't really believe that's the most accurate way to describe the Trinity because it's not like God has multiple personalities. Right. That's not um, right. That's not accurate. Um, the other thing is that the Trinity is not a hierarchy. And mm-hmm. I recently just heard that it's not a hierarchy, but there is order. Mm-hmm. They do. It does operate in a certain way, mm-hmm. but it's not a hierarchy um, in importance or in time. So mm-hmm. that's something that's important to remember, too. Yeah, I think that's a really good one because we as humans want to understand, well, who's more powerful? Right, right. Who's really the boss? Who, Who do I know? answer to? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think that's good to remind ourselves that they're all equally God. There's yes. no hierarchy mm-hmm. of power. Yeah, that's good. All right, so let's break down what it is then. Yeah, so um, first we're going to break it down into um, 
three things about what it is. Lots of threes in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing, the Trinity is three distinct persons. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So with shows distinction from God the Father. Mm-hmm. So that's something, that's one place that we see it. Saying mm-hmm. with shows that distinction. Also in John 14, 26, Jesus, um, it, this is Jesus talking here, and he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is also distinct from God the Father and God the Son. So... In that, in that, you have all three of them. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is talking about all three very distinctly and mm-hmm. separately. Mm-hmm. So you see that all throughout the Bible. That's just two verses, but yeah, we see yeah. it all throughout the Bible where they're distinct beings um, operating kind of in their own separate roles, which we'll go into that more mm-hmm. later. But mm-hmm. yeah. And I think um, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but that each is fully God. So the verse Casey just referenced, John 1, 1, uh, says the word was God. And so that shows that he wasn't saying that, you know, that he was kind of listening to God or he was mm-hmm. obeying God or he was less than God. I was saying, no, he was right. God eternally mm-hmm. from beginning all the way through. The word um, was with God yes. and the word was God. And that's right. From the very beginning. Right. So distinct, like you talked about, he mm-hmm. was with. So he mm-hmm. was separate. But he was with him. But then he also was God. Was fully God. Right. And they're eternal. Yes. Which we've talked about a little bit. So forever and ever and ever they have been and will be. Yes. So. (laughs) Complicated. We get it. We understand. We're not trying to act like we know exactly what we're talking about. We're just as confused as you are. Believe me. (laughs) Distinct and yet unified. And yes, it's all. Another place where we see um, that each is fully God is Acts 5, 3 through 4. And it says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back yourself part of the proceeds of the land while it remained unsold did it not remain your own and after it was sold was it not at your disposal why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart you have not lied to man but to god so um yeah there again we see him lying to the holy spirit reference uh, the lies reference the holy spirit at one point point but the other point um also is referred to god so God the Father, so mm-hmm. distinct. Yeah. And then the last one, which we've we've touched on, but that, that there is one God. So the first point was that there are three distinct persons. The second point was that they're each fully God. And then the last point is that there is one God. So we reference this a little bit, but here's some um, actual, if you want to look up the passages, Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And then 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. Yes. And then also um, James 2.19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe in shudder. And I just loved that one because even the demons believe that God is one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that just that gives you a whole different perspective on the fact that it's true. Like yeah. ev- everybody should believe that right. um, even the demons believe it. Yeah. So, 
That's good. Yeah. Um, so let's move on a little bit. You know how we like random facts around here. <laughs> so if you say any of these at a party, everybody will be impressed. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. They might just think you're a little bit crazy, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't bring up the Trinity at parties? Well, I do, but <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Only if Aaron's there. Oh, that's um, first one is the word Trinity isn't found in scripture, but the idea is. Um, which we've already talked about this a little bit, but I just thought that was crazy. Like I never really thought about that, but yeah, the word Trinity is never, right. never brought up. Yeah. The second one kind of builds on that. Um, th- this is totally something I love because I love ra- like things that are just, I feel like this would be an answer in a trivia game. HQ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, the first time the word Trinity ever is used is uh, in 170 AD by Theophilus of Antioch. I feel like that's just so random but if you want to sound really smart you say guess what i learned today the first time the word trinity is used was in 170 a.d theophilus is such a like sounds like a smart name anyway so yeah um another thing that i found really interesting was that new testament authors generally like to use the name god or in greek it's Theos or Theos, I think. Theos Theos (laughs) for God the Father. So when you see the word God in scripture, it's most of the time referring to God the Father in the New Testament. And when you see the word Lord, which is Greek for Kyrios or Kyrios, um, they were using that for God the Son. So when Mm. you see God, it's God the Father. When you see Lord, it's God the Son. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. And once again, that's just something you can be looking for as you are yeah. reading the Bible. Yep. So yep. just a little bit, just a little fun facts to break up our show a little bit for you. Yeah, we got a lot of scripture in this one. We got a lot of confusing information. So we thought we'd throw in some random facts to give your brain a little bit of a break. <laughs> so now we're going to dive into my personal favorite part of this episode, which is the, okay, here's the Trinity, here's what it means, what it's not, but why does that matter? And a lot of times I think, especially for the Trinity, we don't understand the value of it maybe, or we don't understand how it affects us personally. But as we started kind of talking these out, I was getting all fired up. Like <laughs> I was like, this no, not does. You. I know, I know. Um, and so I hope that this next section just really encourages you to seek further understanding and really to seek your scripture um, and then pray and ask the Lord which of these ways um, and why it matters. Like what is he putting on your heart for why understanding the Trinity matters to you? So one of the ways that it matters is if you take away the Trinitarian attribute of God, you no longer have Christianity. Mm -hmm. And when I first read that, I was like, what? Like, I mean, you hear that and you think, whoa. But um, when we started digging into it, the work of Jesus on the cross would not have happened if he was not equally God. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Holy Spirit couldn't dwell in our hearts if he was not equally God. So uh, those were just, I mean, it's true. Like if God, I mean, if Jesus was just another human being, Mm -hmm. so what that he was killed on the cross? Right, right. I mean, the only reason that he was able to take our sins and um, offer us the salvation is because he is fully God. Right. And um, same thing about the Holy Spirit. I mean, we could not have the Holy Spirit in us 
if the Holy Spirit wasn't fully right. God. Right. And so um, that was just huge. Take yeah. away that and and we're done. Right. Like that's, right. that's our whole foundation of Christianity is yep. built on that. The gospel depends yes, on the Trinity. The gospel 100% depends on the Trinity. So yep. that's huge. I think too, even just kind of talking through that first point, there's a lot of times personally a tendency or maybe um, locally or culturally or denominationally a tendency to pick one aspect of the Godhead or of the Trinity that you maybe lean towards Mm -hmm. or study more or find yourself praying to more. And I think it's important for us to kind of be aware of that because we want to make sure we have a balanced view of the Trinity and understand that all three are God. And so that we're not only worshiping one or only, you know, focusing our study on one god father son or the holy spirit and you might not have even heard of that or thought about that but as you look back at kind of your walk you might see oh yeah i've been really just solely focused on this you know just jesus Mm -hmm. or whatever and we need want to make sure that we're giving um god the right worship and full worship by making sure we worship all aspects of who he is that's right that's right yeah um i think when we think about the Trinity, it also affects the way we worship and pray. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we're praying, we're praying um, to the helper. The only way we can pray to God is through Jesus. Mm -hmm. So this gets into the whole other doctrine of prayer. So it can get um, even more complicated. So we're not going to really dive into it um, that deep, but it's just important to remember that when we're worshiping God, we need to think about all three parts of mm-hmm. the Trinity. Because like you said, we can't, we don't have access to God outside of Jesus. Jesus right. is the one who tore the veil mm-hmm. that now we have access to God. And so without Jesus, we have no way to pray to God. Yeah. So another way that it matters is that um, we see this beautiful example of submission and don't don't push stop. She said submission. I don't like that word. Um, but I think we need to take away the negative stigma. If we see submission, um, if we see God exhibiting submission, there can be no negativity to it. So it just gives us this beautiful picture of what it looks like to live in submission and to serve one another without an ounce of jealousy or discontentment. Um, we see that the spirit is pointing to Jesus and Jesus is pointing to the father. And we see how all of them are constantly glorifying one another and that that should affect the way that we live our lives. There's no self-seeking. No, none at all. They're constantly pointing to each other. Right. And this is the part I get all excited about because this should infiltrate every aspect of our life as parents, as wives, as students, whatever that looks like. Um, it should be an example that we strive towards because we don't see the spirit wanting to be the father or live in the father's role. And we'll talk more about this when we talk about the roles, but just the example it sets of that beautiful submission in living boldly in the role that they have should affect our marriages and um, should give us the confidence to live in submission and to serve one another um, the way that the Trinity does. And this also makes me think about the relationship um, that the Trinity has. It shows the value of fellowship and community. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think, what if when we went to church, we didn't go with the idea of this selfish desire to be entertained, but we went in to see the church as a... um, as an opportunity to partner up and spread the gospel to disciple, to serve in beautiful fellowship that the Trinity models for us. Um, 
instead of going in with this fill me up, fill me up, fill Mm -hmm. me up attitude, we Mm -hmm. get to partner with the Trinity and just, um, to share the love. Like that sounds so like hippie. (laughs) Yes. But, but yeah, to, you know, just to, um, be this really good godly example of what true fellowship and what true community is like Mm -hmm. and not having any of that inward focus that Mm -hmm. we tend to have, um, be all outward focused instead. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a good point is that we are all on the same mission and we should be able to partner up with one another and we should be able to enjoy and have community and fellowship because we see that example set by the Trinity. And that, that um, brings up another good point of the Trinity already has community and fellowship within it. So God has Jesus and has the Holy spirit. Mm. He didn't, he's infinitely perfect. He doesn't need anything. He is ultimately glorified. He has all the glory within the Trinity. He didn't need us. And this is one of my favorite, favorite things about studying the Trinity is that this is going to sound harsh, but God doesn't need us. Which sounds like, oh, that doesn't sound like a good thing. But honestly, it is because he has um, within the Trinity, there has enough community and fellowship that he doesn't need. He's not lonely. Right. right. He's not like, oh, I need a friend. Like, no, that's not. He doesn't how God... have an Aaron shaped hole in his heart. Exactly. Sorry to burst your bubble. Exactly. Aaron. <laughs> Which is actually such a beautiful thing, because if you think about it, the only thing better than being needed is being wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. If your kids are forced to make you a card for your birthday, does it have the same merit, like value as if they on their own got out the crayons and right. drew this beautiful thing? And my kids can't really write anything yet. But if they made this out of just their own desire because they wanted to because they love me Mm -hmm. that is so much more meaningful and beautiful than them being like I had to make this for you right so I think it's just such a beautiful thing to think that God didn't need us but he loves us and out of his love within the trinity he poured that love out onto us Um, It should give us confidence within our unique place in the body of Christ, not Mm. jealous of other people's gifting. We can all be unified image bearers of God, walking in the confidence that God created us all in his image, in his image of the Trinity with unique, special gifts and roles, just like the Trinity itself. Mm. And we're going to go into those roles a little bit like of the Trinity's different roles. But I like that a lot because um, like we've been talking about, like each part of the Trinity is there they're content Mm -hmm. with what they're doing and Mm -hmm. they point to the other parts kind of like, um, where it talks about in the body, like we all need different parts of the body. Well, each different part of the Trinity is needed too. Mm -hmm. And they know that. And, um, they say, but look, this part's important too. Like God's always pointing to Jesus and Jesus is always pointing. God, the father is always Mm -hmm. pointing to Jesus and Jesus is pointing to God, the father and the Holy spirit's always pointing to Jesus. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful picture of, um, how we all operate within our own unique roles mm-hmm. and we're all important and God made us all important and all in his, all in his image. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that's just a beautiful picture. It is. That. And that one's like, that one's super convicting for me because I always want to like be a good singer and my husband is on the worship team and so is Casey's Casey's is the worship pastor, but my husband just, <laughs> Um, plays guitar up there and sings and um, one of our very best friends who does the music on this podcast she is just releasing a cd katie cobb's music katie cobb's music <laughs> plug um but i always was like god i want the gift of you know like singing so that i can lead worship with my husband and i want that gift and it's just 
such a good reminder to think, no, God has given us yes. our unique gifts so that we can be the church and we can mm-hmm. build each other up and be constantly pointing to one another yes. and not self-focus. Uh, it's good. Yeah, that's really good. I've struggled with that too. I mean, I see these couples that they're up on stage, like leading worship together uh-huh. and everything. And I'm like, why can't that be me? Yeah. But that's not what God's plan is for me. And that's yeah. not how he made me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can point to Jonathan and yeah. say, you know, look at the gifts God's given him mm-hmm. and I just need to be content in the gifts that God's given me. So that's good. So I feel like we've talked a l- about a lot of um, reasons why the Trinity matters. Do you have any more, Casey? Yeah, I think that um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they were talking about how, you know, each part of the Trinity was sent here for a mission, like is was here to accomplish a mission. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was to establish a people for God and mm-hmm. then the Holy Spirit was to dwell in those people people. So each of us should live on mission Mm -hmm. for a purpose to glorify God. Um, Just like each part of the Trinity had a mission, we are to live on mission for God as well. So Mm -hmm. I liked that a lot too. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, how the Holy Spirit's always pointing to Jesus and Mm -hmm. Jesus is always pointing to the Father and that we should be on mission to do that as well, like to glorify God and all the things that we do. Yes. So to kind of summarize all of this, why it matters, um, I think if we just could imagine for a moment, like what it would look like if we lived with the Trinity in mind, it would have us all living lives that are characterized by selflessness, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, serving, giving, submitting, seeking to be a blessing rather than seeking to be blessed, having contentment where God has you in your God-given role. Everything would change. Think about it. Every relationship would be strengthened. And every day would produce more joy and bring God more glory. This is how I picture when we hear um, in the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus is telling um, the disciples how to pray, and he says to pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think if we picture what does it look like for um, for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, what does it look like for God's kingdom to come? And this is what I picture. This is what it looks like. It's just all of us living in our God-given roles, being selfless, submitting, and um, doing all of that by the power of God and through the gospel. And I think this is ultimately why the Trinity matters. Yeah. So we've um, referred to the specific roles a little bit throughout, but now we're going to talk about that just a little bit more in depth. And um, when we were talking about this episode, we really were trying to figure out how to lay it out. And we're like, should we do one like overview of the Trinity and then go into each like Father, Son, Holy Spirit individually? Because each um, part of the Trinity by itself could be a whole series right, right. Um, on its own. But we decided to just kind of do an overview of it all together um, to hopefully just inspire you to dig mm-hmm. in even more. Yeah. And um, maybe we'll we'll go a little bit deeper later. But right now, this is kind of um, where we're wanting to keep it. So getting back to the roles, they live in perfect unity and love and bringing glory to one another. R.C. Sproul says, the Father initiates creation and redemption. The Son redeems the creation, and the Holy Spirit regenerates and sanctifies, applying redemption to the believers. So let me say that again, because that's (laughs) a lot to take in. The Father initiates creation and redemption. The Son redeems the creation, and the Holy Spirit regenerates and sanctifies, applying redemption to the believers. So another way to say that is that the Father initiates, the Son accomplishes, and the Holy Spirit applies. Mm-hmm. That's another way to say it. Do you want to expand on it a little bit, Aaron? 
I think that's probably the most concise way to really define. We look back to creation or if we look at salvation, we see that it's all initiated by the father and then accomplished by the son mm-hmm. coming down, creating a people for himself and, and creating a people for God and um, dying on the cross and extending that. And then it's applied by the Holy Spirit coming in and dwelling in our hearts. So, um, without going into it too much more because then there'd be a not a rabbit hole but it would just take forever yeah. to go into yeah, that we just so keep going and going and going yes yeah. we wanted to focus most of our time on what did the what is the trinity and um, just give you a little taste of what the roles actually are we have a ton um, of scripture references if you want to look up more of that and maybe we could put them in the show notes but yeah absolutely otherwise you can look in your bible um, pretty much the whole Bible talks mm-hmm. about this and you can see just a couple other things. The father we see is the architect of creation and salvation. He's the one who sent. He's always the one who has sent. And then um, the son has come to do the father's will and the Holy Spirit is um, sent from God through the son. And he is on mission, like we've talked about already, to glorify the sun. And so we kind of have talked about the roles a little bit, but um, I think that's just a really good way to leave it, that it's initiated by the father, accomplished by the son and applied by the spirit. So we always like to leave you with some good resources. Um, and a couple of them are Delighting in the Trinity by Reeves. It's something that it's a book that we ha- actually have not read, but we've heard it's it's a good one. Mm-hmm. And the people that we heard that from, we trust. Mm-hmm. So um, also Aaron mentioned De T- Trinitate Augustine. It's a pretty um, it's intense, intense. <laughs> it's very read. well, because it was written so long ago in a completely different language. So it's it's translated, obviously, but it's um, a lot of information. I, it's mm-hmm. one of those books where you read and then you have to go back and read that sentence again think about it and then go back and read that sentence again but it is good it is very good I would say um it's 15 books compiled into one which I said already but it is probably the most comprehensive Mm -hmm. work on the trinity and that was his thing like Augustine like he liked the trinity and he liked to study it so it's very comprehensive yeah another good resource that we've mentioned before is theology um for kids um, systematic theology by Wayne Grudem and then essential truths truths of the Christian faith R.C. Sproul it's a good one too mm-hmm. um, so we are going to leave y'all today with a poem from theology um, by it's the one we refer to all the time Marty Malko Mal- <laughs> Makowski Makowski Marty Makowski <laughs> um, we're going to leave you with this poem and I really really like it so it says the Bible teaches that our God is one made up of three father spirit and son the father and son are one it is true the son and the spirit also one too each one is distinct yet fully divine united eternal in love for all time trinity means the three persons are one our one God is father spirit and son If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. Don't forget to come back next week for our next episode in this series about who God is. We're going to be talking about how our God is a personal God and what does that mean for us in our everyday life. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.